in this episode, we are talking about Georgian polyphonic singing. We're going to be talking about what is Georgian polyphonic singing, the history of it, and a few different music styles that you can find around Georgia. We're also going to tell you some of the best places to go to listen to Georgian polyphonic singing in Tbilisi today. Java. This is the Tbilisi podcast covering life, travel and more in the country of Georgia. Brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge and eatthistours.com. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Tbilisi Podcast, a show about life and travel in Tbilisi and Georgia. And music today. And music today. Well, music. I think music is part of life in Georgia. That's Absolutely. the thing. Yeah. Uh, we are your hosts. I'm Meg from foodfuntravel.com. There's Tom from eatthistours.com and expathub.ge. Yes. So uh, I guess we'll start this episode by telling you one of the main things we fell in love with, with Georgia. We were, picture picture this, 2016, in a pub in Georgia, Tbilisi. A German bar of a all German places. German bar it was. In Sabratalo. 3 a.m. Drinking beer. Beer. German beer. Eating. I'm not sure how this happened because they were open. They were open. Lots of places are open late, but they were actually specifically open and near to our apartment. Yeah. That's exactly why we were there. Uh, 3 a.m. Drinking beer. Eating and Carly. Obviously. Obviously. What else would you do at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. on a Tuesday? Could it, no, it could probably <laughs> no, it was a weekend, but I don't know. I have no idea. I don't, it's 2016. How am I supposed to remember that? Yeah. But I do remember some of the night, as I think you might be about to explain. Yes. Suddenly, we're sitting there drinking and eating with our friend, and this chorus begins in the corner of the room. There was only one other table in the room. Uh, that had people sitting at it, they just broke out in song. It was a group of men, and this sound just wafted to us on the other side of the room of this chorus of these men singing, and they just, they, there were highs and lows and middles. and Well, exactly high, low, and middle, because there was three of them. Was so it just three? It was just three. I mean, this is the craziest thing. Although three is a very low number, it's like the minimum possible number you could do for this type of singing, really. There was only three guys. Mm-hmm. They were drinking beer also, yes. probably German beer. And I assume they were also eating Kinkali. <laughs> I bet they were. Yeah. But we were just mesmerized by the sound of their voices. And it turns out that they were singing the very traditional song of Georgian, of Georgian people, uh, polyphonic singing. So there's lots and lots of traditional songs. Uh, but this style of singing is, I'd never heard of it before. I mean, we came here in 2016 for the wine and the cheese yes. and, and then the rest of the food as well as we slowly discovered all of these amazing dishes and we're documenting everything. That was sort of our first project when we got here in 2016 was to create a really detailed article about Georgian cuisine and replace all of the other ones online that were not quite as detailed. Uh, you can still get that article. It's on our, on our blog and we do update it periodically. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, we were here to do that. And to meet one of our other blogger friends who happened to be here as well. And we were just going to hang out in Georgia and go to some wineries and do some stuff. Uh, we did not realize at that time that this singing style was so important and so internationally recognized, even though not necessarily famous across the world as such. But, you know, within musical styles, it is internationally recognized. 
Yeah. Because it's a UNESCO intangible heritage uh, sound, essentially. It's mesmerizing. Yeah. Mesmerizing. So, okay, let's have a little talk about what Georgian polyphonic singing is. So most music that you know we as Westerners are accustomed to is defined by, I'm going to go a little technical now. So it's defined by a melody line with chordal and harmonic accompaniment. So, you know, it's homophonic music that, that we're known. So it has one clear melody line and the line that leads, and you'll most likely know, notice that above the other music. Yeah. You've got that one, you know, that stands out. All of, all of the other parts in Western music provide accompaniment and fill in the chords and everything like that. So you have a singer, a backup singer providing harmonies and other instruments that, you know, fill in all the spaces of the accompaniment to enhance that song, right? That's most music that we're used to. Yeah. But in polyphonic singing, you have more than one independent melody line occurring at the same time. So think of like a canon or a round, like row, row, row your boat, stuff like that that you used to sing in school as a kid. Um, Give that a whole lot of practice. Amp it up to 11, you know, make the harmonies even more insane. And that's what you've got with Georgian polyphonic singing. That's more than just counterpoint. It is a a whole series of polyphonies going on, which is pretty crazy. And I feel like we should play a clip at this point because uh, that introduction, uh, you can't really feel it until you hear it. Yes. I don't think. Please pause for a royalty-free piece of music we found on the internet. No, actually, I found a very nice group of Georgian guys uh, who were willing to let us use their their music for the sake of a credit. So, yes, we actually don't need any royalty-free music because uh, we got uh, some very nice musicians uh, to agree to allow us to use their music if we would just reference them in the episode. So uh, this is a clip from Ensemble Keria. They are a very large ensemble of Georgian musicians, uh, both male and female singers as well. So we'll, we'll play a couple of clips throughout the, uh, the episode for different points, I guess, so you can get a different sense of the different styles of music. Uh, if you want to listen to the full songs, you want to hear more of them, we'll post the link in the show notes, but they are on audiomac.com. So if you put that into Google and type in Ensemble carrier or just carrier, maybe that would be enough to find them because the, the word is spelt a little bit differently from you might expect. All right, listen to a clip. Yeah, how awesome is that? Yes, yes, really, really cool. So this Georgian style of polyphonic singing is actually a really old tradition and it's even older than the introduction of Christianity in Georgia, which was around the 4th century AD. So that's how long they've been doing Georgian polyphonic singing. Oh, these guys haven't been doing it quite that long, but at least they're maintaining the tradition. Yeah. I don't think they're that old. 
So Georgian singers uh, of this style are generally male, though there certainly are some groups that are female only or have females incorporated in. But more times than not, you'll probably see a group of male singers. The number of singers can actually range from three, which we heard in the bar that early morning back in 2016, up to hundreds that you might get for a big old-fashioned traditional wedding. Traditionally, top melodic parts are performed by individual Georgian singers, but the bass parts are where lots of other people can join in and it can be like the big group event. Yeah, and it's pretty epic sounding when you've got a large group. Absolutely. Uh, Most songs are sung a cappella. Uh, which is without, without music. Accompaniment. Yep. Musical accompaniment. And that adds to the haunting beauty of the songs. But uh, instrumental accompaniment on string instruments, such as the chonguri, yeah. which is a, a four stringed instrument that you would pluck, uh, and the panduri as well, which is a three string instrument that you would pluck. Uh, they're, like, they're sort of like a guitar, they're the same family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes you can add those into the mix as well. Historically, Georgian singing is divided into eight parts of a bunch of words I'm going to horribly pronounce. And I, and oh dear, I, here we go. Here we go. One, creamy. Uh, two, gramanchuli. Three, gamkivani. Four, modzakili. Five, mitzkmeli. Six, shmikmobari. Seven, bari. And eight, dvini. Uh, So all of these parts are still common in many Georgian music choirs, but they're not all needed for a song to be performed. So if you you get the full Georgian polyphonic singing experience, you're going to get those eight different parts. Yeah. Uh, The majority of songs today are just broken up into three different parts, which is the Mctmeli, Modskhili, and the Bani. Um, So if all of this is going completely over your head, so it might help that some of the Georgian names for vocal parts do translate into more traditional European styles as well. Um, So Krini, that I mentioned before, is falsetto. Modskihili is first tenor. Mikmeli is second tenor. Bani is baritone. And Dvrini is bass. There you go. So that that, that helps you you out with the different parts. Uh, The remaining three parts, the Framchuli and the Gamkvani and Shmikvani, Shmekmobari, uh, they're specifically Georgian, and it's really hard to find any comparison in English-speaking singing terms. Yeah, but it's a, a vocal range of some sort. Yes, essentially. Yeah, it sits there in the harmony pool somewhere, somewhere in between the other. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the history of Georgian singing. Uh, so Georgia's rich and still vibrant traditional music is considered uh, as the earliest polyphonic tradition of the whole Orthodox world. So it, as I said before, predates Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Georgian people, singing has been inextricably part of their life from antiquity to modern times. Uh, throughout time, they've sung at home, they've sung in the fields during harvest time, at festivals, holidays, and when mourning as well. Uh, one of the things that you know people will talk about is when it's harvest season, or or even actually before that, when they're cleaning the fairies, getting ready for harvest, and you'll hear the men in the fairies singing, and you know if they they're not singing, then they've fallen asleep and had too much wine. Well, or they passed out because of the fumes is the other reason. Yeah, so you're supposed to sing, so if if you stop singing, someone comes to check on you. Essentially. Yeah. But yeah, there are different songs for uh, all these different types of events. So if you're opening a Quevri, which is the, the clay amphora where they make the wine, 
they have a special song for that and uh, they they make that a very special occasion because it's honoring the wine because the wine is considered sacred. Yeah. And as you said, yeah, there's lots of different events that have these different songs specifically for those events. Totally. And basic themes of songs relate to work, family, love, happiness, friendship, all that sort of stuff. And wine. Yes, yes, yes. Many of the songs are especially dedicated to the cultivation. Some cultivation of wine. Some people will sing to their to their vines because they think of that course. it well, of course, I don't I don't mean think. I'm sorry, because they, they know. know that it's listening and they will end up with a better yield if they sing to their grapes. Yeah, they could be right. Yes. Uh so the folk music of Georgia consists of about sixteen regional styles known in Georgian musicology as musical dialects. So oh. I mean, as you'll find, in itself. yeah. So yeah, as you'll find that there are different dialects throughout Georgia and the different regions, there's also different musical dialects at the same time. Because of this, there are considerable regional differences in the singing styles throughout the country. Songs are both sacred and secular, and are usually sung un- unaccompanied in a minimum three-part harmony, as I said before. Singing, as we mentioned, I think we've mentioned in a few episodes. Actually, it's actually um, an, an essential component of Georgia's legendary hospitality. Yes. And it comprises a major part of the Georgian feast known as the Supra. Yes, a Supra can last for several hours. This, if you go back- Several hours is a bit of a sort of uh, <laughs> understatement. Days? No, I mean, uh, most, most Supras don't last for days. Uh, I think it can happen, but in general, you're talking more of like 10, 10 plus hours, but they can be shorter, of course. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think we-, we Briefly mentioned, uh, well, we're going to do an episode on the Supra, but we have uh, mentioned this historic feast that Georgians have in a few episodes. But yeah, Supra can last quite a long time, and it includes long, beautifully spoken toasts, which sometimes then are accompanied by the appropriate song that goes with it. Uh, So Georgian polyphonic songs include Mushuri, which is songs related to workers, peasants, and their life, Supuruli, Songs which are created just for the feasts, Satriyalo, songs dedicated to love, and Sagmiro, which are songs that are actually epic songs that are for heroes, Georgian heroes that they would Mm. sing about. So Kakheti, the wine capital of Georgia, is famous for many deep and full-sounding polyphonic songs all about... Wine. Yes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) But yeah, Georgians just love to sing. Um, you can be in a taxi and you'll hear your taxi driver just start to sing. Or you'll be in a bar at 3 a.m. and you'll hear Georgians start to sing. It's, I don't know, it's something that's like in their blood. I don't know if, I'm sure they learn it at schools and they learn it in the homes and everything. But I don't know, so many people just seem to be so good at this style of singing. It's amazing. Yeah. And when we said, you know, this happened the first time to us in 2016, and that was quite incredible. It it happened multiple times in 2016 after that. You know, we went to other restaurants, whether it be three in the morning or just usual sort of 9 p.m. dinners and whatever. uh, And groups of guys uh, just started singing. Yeah. And we're like, we're getting a free show. Uh, And of course, you can actually go to restaurants where they specifically hire singers to do this. But when you go out to, especially further away from the tourist center, People will just do this spontaneously. It's got nothing to do with being hired or paid to do it. They just want to sing. They're having dinner. They're having some wine and they're really just having a good time and they want to sing with their friends. Yeah. And it's a beautiful sound. I, I, I'm never upset to hear a group just break out in song like while I'm in the middle of my dinner or doing anything. It's 
I don't know. It's just mesmerizing. Yeah, it's one of those things. If if you've got noisy neighbors, if your noisy neighbors are doing polyphonic singing, you don't have a complaint. There is no complaint. And there have been plenty of times I've been in our apartment and just heard it echoing like down the street. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Perhaps the most famous of the Georgian polyphonic singing is a patriotic song, which actually comes from the Karketi region, and it's called Chakrulo. And this song was chosen to accompany the Voyager spacecraft in the 1977 voyage. So they sent it up, and it was with a collection of music from around the world, and the Georgian polyphonic song from the Karketi region went up with it. Yeah. So that one's really famous. As we said, this is uh, intangible heritage, very specific, very, very important. And so it is definitely a, a document of human history by having this recorded on the gold disc and sent into the far reaches of space. That's the Currently, that is the furthest reach that any uh, item of, from Earth created by man has reached, other than like radio waves, which don't really count because they're not really items. It's not a thing. As such. Yeah, yeah, that's the furthest. So who knows? There's going to be some intergalactic space song that will suddenly get beamed to Earth in 20 years and be like, ah, they're way ahead of us. So they've, they've, they've been getting this around the universe for millions <laughs> of years, and we only just sent our first song to space in the 70s. Oh, that's a bit disappointing. But, you know, for now... But now they're doing it. Yeah. Making it happen. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I actually found really interesting in my research of this is that during the Soviet period, which here, I mean, I'm saying from like 1921 to 1990 in Georgian, that period, uh, folk music was actually highly praised. And uh, revered folk musicians were awarded with governmental prizes and were given decent salaries. So where a lot of the times in a, a communist sort of regime, like, you know, all of that stuff tends to be like stripped away and, and you know, you, musicians and artists and that are not really encouraged as much usually. Georgian polyphonic singing was actually awarded and you could make a lot of money being a professional singer. Yeah. But I mean, when it comes to Soviet history in general, and I'm definitely not a professional historian on this topic in any way. Me neither. But uh, as we've sort of seen, the more we learn here living in this part of the world, it's about selectivity. So if it was a cultural thing that the government liked or whoever was in charge liked, they went, let's do more of that. If it was something they thought was going to disrupt their authority, they'll do, we've banned that, that's now illegal. Yeah. So for the same problem with winemaking here in Georgia, where you you couldn't start selling your wine and start doing lots of artisan wine, you were just told to make state wine or wine for your family only. Then obviously with certain types of art, they went, well, you know, you've got to learn piano. Everyone's got to learn piano because Rachmaninoff and all that business. Yeah. You know, we're we're a historic nation with experts at piano and, and to not learn piano would be an embarrassment to our nation. And they obviously embraced this part of culture and went, well, this singing style is amazing and it's an honor to have that as part of our culture. So of let's course, do more of it. Of course, Stalin was Georgian yeah, as well. Yeah, Stalin so. was actually Georgian. So uh, even though he did he did not exactly respect all of the Georgian traditions and he was uh, a person who, who definitely did not make things easy for Georgia necessarily, which is very strange. But uh, yeah, obviously there were certain things that they went, yes, we want to continue with this. At the same time, of course, uh, Christian church music and stuff. There were certain topics of song that were strictly forbidden. Uh, But since the collapse, Georgian musicologists have actually made an effort to try and collect and revive many of the old songs from the past that have been forgotten. So, But generally that's just going to come down to if you can find anything that was actually written down that hasn't been destroyed or just from people's memories, which is pretty hard to collect. Yeah. 
One particular group, which is really famous, the Rustavi Ensemble, have strived since its creation in 1968, they've been going for a really long time, to bring Georgian singing around the world. And they've actually been on tour for years. And so it was created by Anzor Urkomashvili, who was a singer and folklorist from a distinguished Georgian musical lineage that goes back seven generations. Nice. Yeah, so the ensemble has successfully toured to more than 50 countries around the world and their recording of We Venerate Thy Cross was even featured in a scene of the Coen brothers' film The Big Lebowski. Oh, and I probably just never noticed it. No, so now we've got to go back and watch that movie and listen out for the song. I mean, if you're not familiar with the style and you have absolutely no conscious uh, understanding of it at all, I suppose you could just say that this is sort of like uh, choral music from church. And maybe if you just heard it and weren't really paying attention, you just go, okay, yeah, some harmonic choral music going on, some Gregorian chants going on. Uh, and that's, that's what this is. But of course, when you live here and you're really exposed to it, you hear the difference is massive from any sort of Western, uh, Western style choral music. Yeah. I think if we watched the movie now, we'd pick it up yeah, in an instantly. instant. We'd be like, oh, yeah. there it is. And yeah. even if I hadn't told you, like if we had randomly watched it, we would have heard it and go, what? Was that Georgian singing? Well, yeah. Didn't even I, know that was there before. Yeah. Yeah. So Urko Maishvili, uh, who, I, who started the ensemble, also was really, really paramount in recovering a lot of old gramophone recordings. He went around to like all the Georgian villages and collected all the Georgian village singers uh, made from like the end of the 19th century to the beginning of the 20th century. And he got them reissued into CDs. So that all of this old traditional music, like the, the sound quality is not great. And there is actually, I'll put the link on in the show notes. There is an archive of all yeah. of these old songs. And yeah, the, the sound recording is not great, but you can go through and listen to all of these old, old Georgian polyphonic songs that have all been recovered and put together um, Thanks, thanks to this guy to, um, you know, to preserve the tradition and, and keep it alive in, in Georgia. Yeah, you can jump online and listen to that. But uh, let's take another quick break to listen to a bit more of uh, Ensemble Carrier. Let's, let's do another bit of music from them because, as we said, they have male and female singers. So maybe let's put one on the other songs on with some of the female singers, perhaps. <laughs> All right. Super cool. Love it. I, um, all of the songs on the, the album that they have on Audio Mac are, are really good, actually. So I'd, I'd pop on there and listen to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so while these are really great to listen to and we really appreciate them giving us the opportunity to share their music, I I couldn't have this episode without talking about one of the most notable Georgian polyphonic singers, and his name is Hamlet Gonashvili. Super famous was like, uh, like I don't know, like the buble of the buble of, of, of <laughs> the buble of polyphonic singing. <laughs> he was super super famous. He's known Michael Bublishvili. He's <laughs> the voice of Georgia. He's super super famous. Uh, he was a baritone. And he's so loved by many Georgians for being the best interpreter of songs, uh, particularly from the regions of Kartli and Karketi. So he was a soloist in the Rostavi Ensemble until his untimely death. He actually died at the height of his fame in 1985. You wouldn't believe this. He was picking apples from a tree and fell. Yikes. And that was it. Bonked his head or something and... And that, that is, was it. That is very sad. Yeah, really, really sad. But uh, if you can find any of the works of Hamlet Gonashvili, he's known as the, he's probably one of the most famous Georgian singers of this style uh, out there. People, they love, love, love him. All right. So one of the things you might want to do now that we've spoken about this is actually go and hear it because spontaneously hearing it in restaurants and stuff like that isn't guaranteed. So there are some places around town that you can go and get a traditional uh, show. You might even get some dancing. We're going to talk about Georgian dance in another episode, which is out of this world. Just wow. I want to get, we've got a friend who's a dancer, and I want to get him on the episode to actually talk about that because he's traveled all around the world doing the traditional Georgian dance, and I think he'd be fantastic to get. He's also a winemaker. Of course. That's how we know him. Of course. Yes. Uh, But some of the places that you can actually go and experience polyphonic singing um, and there'll probably be dance as well. Uh, one of the most famous ones that a lot of people know about is Tsiskvili. It's famous for their ethno art band Gordela is the name of the band that they have there. And they formed in 2007. And the ensemble uh, offers guests a wide selection of melodies that you can you can listen to. I mean, obviously, it says here that you can travel back to the Middle Ages. I don't think you would be able to be like, oh, that one's definitely Middle Ages. Oh, that one's quite contemporary, isn't it? Oh, yes. Um, uh, It's marketing. It's marketing on the website. (laughs) Exactly. We've been to this show multiple times and they do a great job. It's really, really fun. They are fantastic. It's definitely worth it. So it's it's a bit more of a touristy place. Um, It's an upmarket place. You have to dress up to go there. Men have to wear closed-in shoes and you have to have a a collar, long pants, pants, that sort of thing. You might get away with not having a collar, but the long pants and the closed shoes Mm -hmm. is is needed. If you're going into the the traditional area, uh, if you go to the outside casual area, you can wear whatever you want, but then you're not necessarily going to get any of this singing. So that would defeat the point. Definitely 100% make a reservation to go here. Absolutely. It will be fully booked during any sort of peak season for sure. And they also just don't normally let you in if you hadn't made a reservation. They'll just say, sorry, you can book There's someone on the door with a clipboard and everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty serious about this uh, and it's very popular. Another place that we like to go to and this is really a favorite of ours. If anybody's coming to visit, we end up at this restaurant for sure because they have great food, great service, and great music. It is, of course, Georgian House. Yep. Amazing food. Currently, they don't have any dancing shows there, but no, they have the singing. they still have the singing. Uh, I, the food and the service there are fantastic. I don't think the singing show is the best one. They're more of laid back. They sort of uh, they chill in the background and they do sort of more casual ballads and they don't do the really powerful, engaging Georgian polyphonic singing. It's great. I mean, they're fantastic musicians, but they're not there to 
to blast the audience and give you a massive show. They're just there to provide ambience. Yeah, background music. But one of the things that we have found that if you do hear a particular song that you like, you can actually request it. They have taken requests from us before, which is always really sweet. them for requests, but, uh, you know, that's, that, that shouldn't necessarily be needed. But I, I would go there anyway just because of the food and, and the service. It's really good. Now, I'm going to get you to say the next place because I absolutely will obliterate the pronunciation. Uh, we just went there the other night. You can have <laughs> Uh, yeah, this one is called Mraval Jamieri. Pretty difficult to pronounce. It's really, really hard to pronounce. If you want a really sort of lively band uh, and dancers who are jumping higher than I've ever seen dancers jump, this is the place to go. It's a little bit loud. So if you're looking for something where you can have a long conversation, this is not the place to go. However, it's a lot of fun. It's very energetic. There will be sort of tour groups in there as well as well because it's a... Yeah, it's quite a popular and a big space, so they do have groups come in. But it's great. A really fun show, and the musicians and the dancers there are really good. Yeah, and I think Nana told me the other day, Nana's our, our nanny extraordinaire, it is actually the name of a song. Of course, of course it is. Of course it's a drinking song. Uh, you can actually Google it, look it up, and uh, the Rastafi Ensemble, who we were just talking about, sings this song. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go along to that restaurant. Amazing dancers. I don't know how oh, he jumps. Oh, I know so what. High. I remember what the name of the song is now. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's the song they are supposed to sing when they are crushing the grapes with their feet in the Satsna Kelly when they're making wine. Oh. The the gents will all jump in the Satsna Kelly and they will crush the grapes together and they're supposed to sing the song, which is the name of this restaurant. Ah, oh, wonderful. I believe that's what it is. If I am incorrect, please send us a correction. I will correct it in a future episode. But I'm pretty sure uh, I remember from uh, from our guides. That's what it is. Now, uh, a lot of these restaurants that we've mentioned are a little bit out of town. Uh, If you can't make it out of town and you want to go somewhere that's just very convenient, but uh, definitely a lot more touristy, like 100% touristy, uh, there's a place called Alani in the old town. They currently have the song and dance show restarted at this point. So uh, it's not like my favorite place for food. And as I said, it's just going to be 100% tourist. You're not going to have a lot of Georgians hanging out in there. Uh, But you will get the show and it's still a lot of fun. And why not? If, yeah. you, if you don't want to take a taxi 20 minutes to get out of town, you just want to walk somewhere, then then do it there. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, whatever you do, make sure that you have this experience as well. Uh, one of the things we do enjoy uh, going out on some of our tours into the region, some of the families will actually just break out in song. Tom was on a tour just the other day, and I was just getting bombarded with videos from people on the tour. <laughs> Yeah, like, guests oh. on the tour were tagging <laughs> the tour company with all these videos of all the singing because it's amazing. Yeah, it. And, yeah, yeah, such a wonderful experience. So yeah, if you're just sitting in someone's home and they just break out in song, it's it's absolutely magical. But yeah, if you can't get that experience, then definitely go along to one of these restaurants. But hey, yeah. why not just book a tour with us and we'll uh, we'll see what we can yeah. make happen. But do let us know in the tour request because we do not guarantee this stuff. But there are some places where we can 99% always get it. There's one place we can go to where you'll get one guy, you give him enough wine, Georgi, you give him enough wine and he'll just sing by himself and he'll make all of you join in. Oh, I've sung with him many times and I've got no idea what I'm doing in terms of this style of music, but we just make it up and it's all a bit of fun. It's wonderful. So why not? So yeah, come to Georgia, hear the singing, maybe join in and sing yourself. Why not? Why not? Do it. Why not? Why not indeed. Why not? All right. Well, that's our episode on polyphonic singing. Uh, It really is an incredible art form and it has to be heard in person. So, you know, 
get your little tukasas over here. Do it, do it, do it. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Uh, as I said, if you want to book a tour, eatthistours.com. Jump on the website. There's tours on there. And yeah, let us know in your request if you specifically want polyphonic singing. Said it's not always possible, but we will definitely try and do it if you request it. And yeah, that's it. Head to foodfuntravel.com slash Georgia as well if you want to read some of the other articles on there. I believe there is an article on polyphonic singing up there now. There is. Yeah. So this podcast will be attached to it once it's released. So Indeed. Yeah. So go and read all about it and uh, check out all of our other Georgia content that we have there as well. And, you know, get excited about Georgia. All right. Bye for now, everybody. Podcast. Connect with us at foodfundtravel.com slash Podcast, where you can find all relevant social media links, join our email newsletter, and discover more about travel, tours, and expat services in Georgia. This show was brought to you by foodfundtravel.com, expathub.ge, and eatthistours.com.